This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium, and come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Happy New Year. Well, after the, the year we just escaped... Who knows what kind of dystopian nightmare the ruling class, the elites, have in store for us in 2021. Uh, I will continue to try and kick holes in the darkness in some small way, with your help, for as long as I can. Uh, My wish for you, as we embark on this long, strange trip, is Benjamin Franklin's wish. Be at war with your vices at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better man or woman. Carlos Cagina is the technical producer, and Ryan White is the live stream producer, and we are live streaming on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Uh, Please hit the subscription button. We are around 24,000 subscribers. Would love to get to 25,000 and then beyond as soon as possible. Uh, Adventure author... Adventurer, author, truth seeker, Brad Olson is here for two hours to discuss. We're going to need two hours to unpack this thing. And we're going to discuss how we can escape this prison planet. And Brad is the author of, I think, around 10 books, including three in his esoteric series, Modern Esoteric, Future Esoteric, and his newly released Beyond Esoteric. He's an award-winning author, book publisher, event producer. His keynote presentations and interviews have enlightened audiences at Contact in the Desert, UFO Mega Conference, the 5D events, and dozens of radio programs, including this one and Coast to Coast and my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. He's the founder and co-producer of the How Weird Street Fair. In the, I gotta get there one of these days once they end this nonsense. The How Weird Street Fair in the Soma neighborhood of San Francisco. He's a Chicago native and his esoteric writing continues to reach a wide audience while he continues breaking ground in alternative journalism, public speaking, illustration, and photography. My, what a talented man. What a tall man. Six foot five, I think. 
And um, we've reached him, I believe, in, in uh, beautiful Tahoe, Tahoe, uh, where he's, I think, doing a little skiing. Brad Olson, welcome to uh, The Conspiracy Show. How are you, my friend? Hey, Richard. I'm doing great up here in Tahoe. And uh, six foot seven, a little taller than you announced me. And uh, get my ski legs on today. First day of the season working in my uh, ski pass. But always a pleasure to speak with you. Likewise. So they are allowing you that, at least. They're allowing you to ski. That's good. Well, yeah, but with uh, some strange new restrictions. Well, you have to wear a mask in every lift line, so I have to pull out my little uh, face diaper and put that on, and then you have to wear it on the gondola, and they'll shout at you if your nose is sticking out. Uh, and, and I go to get a bowl of chili at lunch today. I said, hey, where's the uh, cheese and the onions? Oh, we stopped doing that because of COVID. So just a lot of weird things going on. But, uh, <laughs> cheese and onions are are forbidden. Why? <laughs> Did well, they... I guess it's like a smorgasbord or a buffet and ah. you sneeze on it and you get COVID that way. All right. Well, I've got one for you. And we'll get we'll we'll launch into this. But I, I couldn't resist this. I don't think I've shared this up here in uh, where I live in, in uh, Markham, the region of Markham. And um, my boys were at what we call we're in a gray uh, zone, and the entire province now is gray, uh, meaning, you know, there are certain restrictions. Uh, so uh, my boys were in tennis lessons. They're playing in a bubble two days a week, two hours a night. And um, then when the uh, further restrictions came in, they could no longer do lessons. But then they just re- they, they relabeled it. Now it's a tennis camp. Same thing, except they were going four days a week, two hours a night. They can go to tennis camp indoor, same 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 instructors, same students, but they couldn't do tennis lessons. It, it's just the, the more you scratch at this thing, the more it, it, it just descends into like a Monty Python sketch. Um, yeah. Anyway, I want to yeah. when you when you began writing this book, Beyond yeah. Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet, and this is like six years in the writing. Yeah. You couldn't have known what was just around the corner with, uh, you know, to coincide with the publication, COVID and the lockdown and and all of this nonsense that's going on. Or did you know? Well, the the thing is, I did know. Not not that COVID would come, not that it would be this great lockdown, but that the New World Order plan, this agenda, would finally emerge. Uh, and, And I'll give credit to David Icke. He's often said that there will come a day when all of these agendas and plans that have been hatched behind closed doors and smoky boardrooms are going to have to come aboard and roll it out. And this is what we've been seeing. So in many ways, I think David Icke has been vindicated in in predicting this, and I'm just going along with um, what he and many other researchers in this field have noticed, that uh, this was coming. This was always coming, and it's a one-world government, one-world religion, we're seeing that with um, the church merging with Islam, becoming Chrislam. Uh, I published the books of Leo Lyons Agami, and he described this in his book, The Last Pope and Confessions of an Illuminati. And this one world currency, which we're going to see the rollout this year, the great currency reset uh, at Davos in a few weeks. So these things, ha- we've seen the writing on the wall, Richard. And I, I know with your show conspiracy show we've talked about this and we've said a lot of these things that are coming so it's really not too surprising to me 
to see them using the the virus as a cover, this magic virus that kind of does all the things they need it to do. Uh, that part is new, but it doesn't really surprise me that they're using it for this globalist control agenda. Right. I mean, I know you, you've been talking about this. You've been writing about this. I've been on the radio talking about these sorts of things for nearly 20, well, over 20 years now. But I have to be totally honest because I consider myself a broadcaster first and, and, and a conspiracy, I don't know, I don't even like the word conspiracy theorist. These are conspiracy no, facts. Researcher. But, yeah, but I, I, there was always a part of me, to be totally honest, that thought, okay, this is never going to happen in my lifetime. This is something, you know, maybe in the future, maybe not. But now, everything that we've been talking about, that you've been writing about, is happening right in front of us, and yet still many of us, myself included uh, on certain days, still deny that it's happening. There's this kind of a normalcy bias that happens to, to humans. The roof is caving in and we're saying, no, that's just, you know, some mice scurrying around in the attic. And we all think it's going to end any day now. Remember when it all started back in March? Oh, we just need two or three weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> hmm. Okay, <laughs> we're still in it. And it doesn't appear that it's ever going to end, and nor will it ever end. Right. This great video by Catherine Austin Fitz that just came out called Global Lockdown, and it's very much along the lines of, of Escaping Prison Planet, that this is meant to go on and on and on. And it is their plan to truly entrap us all in this new world order realm without even knowing that we've been trapped. But I think people are waking up, Richard. I really do. And more and more are seeing through the fake news media and the lies that are being perpetrated and just thinking for themselves and saying, hey, this isn't right. This shouldn't have to be. And we shouldn't have all these restrictions on our freedoms. Because that's what we've taken such great pride in here in America. And I know in Canada, too, is that we consider ourselves free countries, that we're the model for the rest of the world, having a constitution and a bill of rights and individual freedom. And then to have that all just taken away is quite a shock to many, and myself included, to have these draconian restrictions only seem to be getting worse over time. I mean, look what's happening in London right now. Friends with uh, Carrie Cassidy, she got out just a few days before they would have mandated a mandatory vaccine to get a travel visa to leave. And she had to cut her trip short just to get out of there before then. Nobody could have seen that coming, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that it is coming down as hard as it is, because that is the plan in the long run. In Beyond Esoteric, you, you write about neo-fascism. And yep. um, I, I want to explore that a little bit with you. I was on Twitter today. I'm on there too much. Uh, that's one of my... My uh, resolutions, I guess, to get off Twitter, maybe to get on Parler. But uh, there was a woman on on Twitter, and uh, this is horrible. She was she was thrown out of mass. She was attending mass today, Sunday. She she got tossed out of mass because her two year old wasn't wearing a mask. And so here we have. I mean, who, who would have thrown her out of mass? The the clergy, the the altar boys. I don't know. Um, we have this situation in, in Quebec, a New Year's Eve. Police went into a private home 
uh, and and physically removed somebody because a neighbor was spying on them and and noticed another car in the driveway. Uh, I think there was a total of six people, family, in the house for New Year's. The and this was on YouTube. The the, the parents looked kind of elderly, uh, and and. A police officer physically removed this person. In Calgary, we had the police tasering, tackling, throttling a young man for the sin, unpardonable sin of playing some pond hockey. Um, is, is this w- what you see as the, the neo-fascism? It, it really is. And, and we call it neo-fascism because we see it rearing its ugly head. We learned about fascism when we were in school, Mussolini and... Hitler, and they were working towards creating a government that controls corporations. Now we have corporations that control government. And it's quite a little bit twist on the same old theme, but it does mean that we have these very powerful globalists, mostly invisible to most of us, that we don't know who they are or what their names are, pulling the strings, the the puppet masters who are able to control the whole pyramid all the way down. And that goes for government, that goes for police forces, that goes for uh, the educational system, uh, the health ministers to be able to have orders to lock down when things don't even make sense to do that. And they have us in their grip. This was the plan all along. And now we're finally there. And for those of us who have been paying attention and seeing that this group is getting very, very powerful. And of course, Eisenhower warned right at the end of his term that we should beware of this military-industrial complex. I think that's a, a faction of what these globalists are and the control that they have. And here we are, sitting in the middle of it, this new neo-fascism that uh, is now enveloping the world. That, to me, Richard, is what's really amazing about this whole thing is that they did get this whole thing to control governments around the world and they're going along with it lockstep and if we don't resist here in america we have a very very important week coming up with the with what is known as election fraud in this country and the electoral college being delivered to congress and if it is, well, it could go either way, but it's going to be a very historic week in America and probably by extension around the world. So all eyes are on this Wednesday, and I myself will be at the uh, Carson City, Nevada Capitol House, Nevada being one of the six contested states. And just to be one more person in the crowd in support of transparency towards our election results. Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet, Brad Olson, my guest here on The Conspiracy Show, and and we're uh, happy to have him for the full two hours, and we will open up the phone lines in the second hour to take questions and comments. Uh, You mentioned, you know, fascism, and I forget, this quote has been attributed uh, to everyone from Margaret Thatcher to Ronald Reagan, Winston Churchill. I really don't know who said it, but I think it's very apt. And that is, when fascism arrives in America, it will come disguised as liberalism. And uh, I'm kind of confused because... I. I understand. Fascism and communism are sort of two sides of the same coin. Uh, but 
I mean, I look at what is happening on the streets and in the in the schools, in in all of our major cultural institutions, and I see some call it soft totalitarianism, uh, but I certainly see large swaths of of communism at work here. So, mm-hmm. is it is it fascism? Is it communism? Does it even matter? I mean, how do you view this? Well, if we look at uh, the communist state of China right now, and they do stand accused of meddling in our election, they have a totalitarian uh, uh, control over their people, from mandatory vaccinations to not allowing any other parties to be involved in the voting process to uh, Wi-Fi, uh, I should say 5G, being in Wuhan, as a matter of fact, being rolled out as a, quote, smart city right around the time of the virus. And I do profile this in Beyond Esoteric because China would be the model fascist state where you have total control over the people. And boy, wouldn't the globalists love to model their new world order on the Chinese model, on how they keep the people so suppressed? If they don't want you to travel, you get a social credit score. That's coming here, Richard. We're going to have it in America. I think versions of it are already happening. I know I've been censored many times on social media just for speaking the truth. And last I heard, we still have a First Amendment freedom of speech. So these things are just getting out of control. And we're seeing fascism really rear its ugly head. Uh, And I think while the door may still be open, it could be shutting very soon. And when it shuts, it locks. And then we're pretty much in that prison planet that I described in my book. Right. And to be clear, and it can't be repeated enough, uh, and I've I've said this multiple times, and I'll say it again. I'm not saying the virus isn't real. The virus is real. Uh, I just don't trust the numbers. Correct. And um, I, I don't trust the models. I don't. I don't trust the bingo callers on the six o'clock news that repeat the numbers like a mantra. Uh, it seems to me that their sole job in the mainstream media now is to is to frighten people. They are. It's it's scare porn. Yeah. Um, because that certainly drives ratings and so forth but so we have it's and and there must be if we get through this on the other side and you'll tell us how and why we're going to get through this later but when we get through this on the other side there must be a reckoning um and i'm not necessarily i'm not talking about you know um harsh punishment or i don't know what i'm saying here except that there must be some sort of a reckoning it may end up being a truth and reconciliation process that we go through at the end of this, but there must be a reckoning for all of the people that have been been complicit in this calamity, and that includes people in the mainstream media uh, who who perpetuate this fear, and also the politicians. Um, But I'm trying to figure out what is in it for people in the mainstream media to participate in this? What is in it for low-level bureaucrats and and the soap salesmen, the politicians? What are they getting out of this? Well, let's start with uh, mainstream media. Look, Richard, I don't think there's journalism that's left anymore in the media. These companies are all bought and owned by the same globalists who are rolling out this agenda. 
people who report the news on television are just reading teleprompter screens. They're not writing script anymore. There are no Walter Cronkites in our American media as such. And the same goes in government. These people, too, uh, oftentimes we're now seeing more and more so that they have been compromised through honeypot uh, blackmail, such as Epstein's Island. This is all coming out that uh, it could be hundreds of our congressmen and senators have been compromised. And look, if they have the dirt on you with an underage person having sex, they will, <laughs> we're going to release this unless you vote the way we want you to. Uh, I would say 99 out of 100 are going to do that, are going to go along with it. So what we have is just corruption at the highest levels all the way down to the controlling of even local governments where a health minister or a health uh, inspector could come in and just shut down a, a business and force them closed. Right now where I'm at, Richard, I'm right on the uh, state line of California and Nevada. In California, every single restaurant closed right now. Some of them you can take, get takeout, but Nevada, we just sat down and had a nice dinner last night, too. I would be so peeved right now if I owned a restaurant a mile away on the California side and have been forcefully closed. I mean, we are being drained and sapped, and I think that's the larger picture here, is this is a way that we're going to be just uh, small businesses put under and really stress people out to the point uh, they're going bankrupt. Most businesses in the U.S. are small businesses. Most people that are employed work for small businesses. 50% of all restaurants in San Francisco are not going to reopen now. I mean, this is becoming an epidemic that uh, the large corporation, somehow the virus knows that if you want to go to Walmart, well, you can go shopping there, but if you want to go to your local mom and pops, no, they're closed. You can't go there. Right. Eighty. What is it? It's, Something it's, like it's 80%, 80% of Walmart's suppliers are in China. There you go. So connect the dots, There's folks. Uh, Brad Olson stays with us, author, lecturer, adventurer, photographer, street fair organizer, publisher, and uh, much more. And we'll uh, delve further into Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet, when The Conspiracy Show returns right after this. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Brad Olson is here. And this is the, uh, the third and I'm thinking probably final installment in the esoteric series beyond esoteric escaping prison planet is that right this was designed to be a trilogy or is are there more esoteric i mean where do you go from beyond esoteric (laughs) where do you go from beyond i don't know no but this is the third and final it was always meant to be a trilogy and uh i never repeat my information so was saving some chapters for the last book here but as you said in the setup piece this is six years in the making but the lockdown, in a way, was good because it gave me the opportunity to really buckle down and finish this book in 2020 uh, during that period and get it finally done and out there. And it just did come out at a very auspicious time because a lot of this information and even uh, COVID information, I was finalizing this book and still was able to get in 
a lot of information on that into this book. As the as, for those paying attention, you know, as the rationale for what they are doing to us, uh, you know, these perpetual lockdowns, as the rationale for it crumbles, and you'll, nobody is reporting on a major, major study uh, that shows not only is asymptomatic transmission rare, I mean, even the World Health Organization admitted that. Even Anthony Fauci admitted that. But that's not even – that doesn't even come close. It, there, there's not a single case. There was a major study, 10 million individuals, not one, not one recorded case of an asymptomatic transmission. If, if there is no asymptomatic transmission, how do they continue to perpetuate this, you know, lockdowns and mask mandates and so forth. I understand if you're sick, you should wear a mask. You should, but if you're asymptomatic, you're not going to give it to anybody. So, but as the rationale, you know, winds or, or crumbles and, and it doesn't seem to make any difference, it seems like what they have in mind is just perpetual. This is permanent, isn't it? It does appear to be permanent. And what really uh, breaks my heart is the restrictions on travel. As you know, I travel quite a bit. We met in New Mexico working on a TV show. And uh, as part of my makeup of who I am, I've been to all seven continents. I travel quite extensively. And now it's looking like that's going to be curtailed, at least in the near foreseeable future. And I'm not one who's going to be going to get that COVID vaccine just to be able to travel internationally. But uh, that's just the world we live in today, and I'm hoping that we'll finally be able to find a way to get around this and uh, stop this madness, stop the globalists. That's the real enemy in all this. And people don't even realize that this individual or this invisible controller of things, the puller of strings, the owner of the media who's running all this, uh, we've never really seen them as being anything but uh, some rich old man. But now they're like the Wizard of Oz, the old guy behind the curtain. But the curtain's now being drawn, and we're seeing them for who they are. And uh, a lot of them are madmen and sociopaths and uh, want to really control this world. And I do believe there is also an anti-human depopulation agenda at hand a way to call the herd a little bit, uh, not a little bit, but a lot, and po poison us with this stuff and, and make us sick. How come we're not hearing on the news? Why don't we just boost our immune system and get stronger and fight COVID that way? And you're right, the asymptomatic uh, spreading is not happening. So why do we have to wear these uh, face diapers anymore? It just makes no sense. Because I guess it was never about that, was it? It was never about... Um, and I know, you know, that's going to generate a lot of email and so forth, and so be it. So be it. Um, again, I'm not saying that the virus isn't real. I'm not saying that people aren't dying. Uh, but I do not trust the numbers. Why should we? Why right. should we trust anything that comes from our elected officials at this point? We are constantly, you know, before COVID, we, 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 we would sit around and, and complain constantly over a beer about, 
you know, how oh, they did, they promised they weren't going to raise taxes and now they're raising taxes. And, they, you know, it's just one failed promise, one lie after another, generation after generation after generation. And now we're supposed to believe uh, and take them at face value. Um, I want to I want to talk about the role of technology. And you write about the transhumanist movement. You write about artificial intelligence in Beyond Esoteric. Klaus Schwab who miraculously put out this book on COVID-19 and the Great Reset, something like four months. He's a very fast writer. I mean, you're a fast writer, but this, I mean, in four months, he puts out this major treatise on uh, COVID-19 and the Great Reset. And in public statements, I don't know if he's written this down or it's just been made public through statements. He's talked about uh, how we could develop a, a, a brain scan that would would perform a sort of a risk assessment on all passengers getting on planes or everyone crossing an, uh, some sort of a border or a checkpoint. Um, when you read that and heard about Klaus Schwab and, and this brain scan and and, uh, and so forth, wh- how did you react? Uh, in the same way you did, with utter disgust. They want to chip us. They want to vaccine us. This guy, I call him Schwab of the Hut. He is. He's the face of the globalist, but he's also uh, very much into this transhumanist agenda. And unfortunately, our own Elon Musk, too, is speaking about uh, how we can have this brain to technology transfer. And they're all making it out to be such a great thing, how we'd have all our uh, record medical records on our chip and we'd have our finances on her chip and this is going to make it so convenient you could just use your chip to open your front door and the internet of things is just going to be you just say a word turn on the lights well why can't i just stand up and turn on the lights (laughs) why do i need all these conveniences and by the way they're all spy devices it's now found out that the thermostats can now spy on you so this whole internet of things is just one elaborate scheme and like you said another lie we're just being lied to so much that why should we ever believe what they have to say anymore? Well, they're calling this the fourth industrial revolution, as you mentioned, the Internet of all things, artificial intelligence, robotics. I mean, it's coming. It's here. Yeah. There's nothing we can do it again about it. Uh, and, and who knows? I mean, some aspects of it might be wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. how, does that, how does that further the goals or the objectives of let's call them the elites or the globalists. I mean, what does that have to do with totalitarianism? Well, it's going to be the, the, the full control of all people on Earth. And if they don't like what you're doing, say, for example, if I had a chip right now and this book came out and they didn't like it, they could turn turn my chip off, and I, I go to uh, go skiing tomorrow and buy my lunch. Sorry, sir, you, you've been denied. I guess it, it, that could happen right now with credit cards to a degree, but we still have cash. We still have hard currency. They're going to do away with that. It's going to this one-world currency, which is going to be rolled out this year, and it is designed to fully put us all into this global conspiracy. But the, the thing that nobody's really asking is, who controls all this? And, and who has all this debt? How is it that every country in the world is just buried in debt? To who? Saturn? 
<laughs> I took accounting in college, and I know there's a ledger sheet, and there's a, a debit and a credit side. Who do we owe all this money to? Well, it is these global elite. The way they're just printing money right now through our Federal Reserve, trillions and trillions more, it's devaluing the dollar. It's going to bring on hyperinflation. It's going to make our dollar, which was once the world currency, and it still is, but it's fading quick. It's going to be devalued to the point where we're going to be like a third world country here in America. So it really bothers me to see that they're getting away with this and they continue to keep doing it more and more. It's kind of curious, isn't it, that they can print money out of thin air and they're doing that now. And yet they'll only allow six hundred dollars for poor working. Well, not just poor working class, middle class, everybody, six hundred dollars. Uh, this latest uh, payment, um, and yet, I mean, if they can print money this way, why do they need to tax? Why do we need income tax if they can just print money willy-nilly like this? Yeah. And if you go to the uh, the Great Reset or the um, Davos 2021 website and read through some of the literature, they'll say, the future is coming where you'll have no money and you'll own nothing and be happy about it. And they show this guy smiling and they got very good marketing and PR people to write their press releases, but they're very unrealistic thinking that people are going to want to go along with this. However, on the, on, but the other side of the coin, it's kind of like with Hitler and Goebbels did in world war two. And that is to tell the big lie. You tell a big lie you tell it often enough, and the people start to believe it and go for it. So if people aren't rethinking and, and really working through the minutiae here and seeing what's going on uh, with this coming New World Order agenda, I'm afraid we're just going to get trapped like uh, bugs in a fly trap. Uh, I want to talk about geoengineering. And again, this is something that you... I think you dedicate a chapter two in yep. Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet. And uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, we've been talking about chemtrails on this program and its various iterations for, for 20 years. Others before me, certainly, you know, have written uh, books and so forth. Uh, chemtrails, 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 and, and deny, 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 and you're a tinfoil hat wearing kook, and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that when we come back. Um, I'm into a break here. Back with more of my conversation with Brad Olson, and, uh, this is The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. On Zoomer Radio. So just before the break, we were talking, or I was about to launch into this discussion with you, Brad, about geoengineering and, uh, you know, chemtrails, which we've been talking about, which have been, uh, you know, poo-pooed by uh, orthodox academia and orthodox science and so forth. That's just nonsense. And now, uh, after people have been talking about them for 40 years, now we have this Harvard University project where they want to test this theory that uh, that global warming 
can be stopped by spraying particulates into the atmosphere and, and reflecting the sun's rays back out into the, uh, the atmosphere away from the Earth. And wouldn't you know it, it's being funded in large part by our favorite James Bond villain, Bill Gates. <laughs> the one and only. Right, yeah. Um, my gosh, he's just, uh, this guy is just omniscient, right? He's just, he's everywhere doing everything to save humanity from itself. Um, geoengineering. And, and just let me add this one little thing before, and then I'll get you to, to respond. And that is when I, it's always been my experience that once they start talking about something publicly, you know that it's been happening uh, for for many, many years prior. So when they say, ah, look at this new piece of technology we've just discovered. No, you had that for 25 years. It's been sitting on a shelf waiting, you know, for us to, to play catch up and, and psychologically, you know, be equipped to deal with something like this. But so how do you, how do you tie geoengineering into uh, this this uh, march towards totalitarianism? And it is the final chapter in the neo-fascism section of Beyond Esoteric with an article that I reprinted in the photo section of the geoengineering chapter that said Bill Gates wants to spray millions of tons of dust into the stratosphere to stop global warming. There's only one problem. It could also trigger a calamity. And the title of the article is Could Dimming the Sun Save the Earth? Well, Bill Gates has been a known funder of geoengineering programs as well as vaccination programs for decades. His father endorsed eugenics. Various military bases are used for these clandestine operations. One of the largest is the China Lakes Naval Air Weapons Station here in California, which has demonstrated a connection to military weather modification efforts but was destroyed by a series of massive earthquakes in July 2019. Not sure if you remember that, but uh, Trump said something big's going to happen on this 4th of July, and when nothing happened, uh, it was, uh, see, nothing happened. Well, actually, something very big happened. China Lakes uh, Naval naval Station in the Mojave Desert. Think about that. What's the naval, Navy doing in uh, the middle <laughs> of our Mojave Desert? But... Uh, to, to go back to what we know about geoengineering, well, in 1996, the U.S. military document Weather as a Force Multiplier, owning the weather in 2025, that's only four years away, which outlines a program using aerosol sprayed from airplanes, which are then manipulated with electromagnetic energy in order to modify the weather. This excerpt from the report is very telling, quote, with heat, we can create a disturbance and watch how quickly it dissipates. We can generate irregularities to test the effects on satellite and ground radio s systems. We don't have to wait for Mother Nature to generate conditions, end quote. And Richard, all day today, uh, I've been watching them spray the skies over uh, Northern California and Nevada in advance of this big storm we're getting. So they can literally move weather systems around they could send this big one down to vegas they could send it straight across nevada or they could send it up to oregon depending on what they want to do and you'll also notice right after a storm comes through there's a lot of chemtrail activity so geoengineering is actually a 
pretty relatively old science. The fact that it's been marginalized and called a conspiracy theory uh, is just a way to deflect free thinkers like us from discussing what it's really all about, and that is owning the weather, to use weather as warfare methods. You know, China just had one of the wettest years on record. Saudi Arabia had rain when it never has rain. And other parts of the world, like Iran, worst drought in history. So you get all these things that are happening around the world and scratch your head. Well, geez, is that all just uh, climate change or are we really controlling the weather? And according to this 1996 document by our own military, they want to have the weather completely controlled in the next four years. Right. If you think that they're now just discussing the possibility of maybe at some point uh, in the near future experimenting with geoengineering uh, and that they haven't been doing this for decades, well, I have uh, a little piece of the Brooklyn Bridge I'd like to uh, offer you. We'll come back (laughs) in a moment. Brad uh, Olson stays with us for the full two hours. We'll open up the phone lines in the uh, the second hour for your questions and comments. You can start lining up very shortly. 416-360. The 0740 toll free from out of town, 1 866 740 4740. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. I know it, it's bleak. Uh, and we will get to some some good news here in a moment, but I think it's kind of important to sort of set the table. Brad Olson is with us in his uh, latest and final installment in his esoteric series, Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison uh, Planet. Uh, we were talking about geo- geoengineering. Um, in, are you able to kind of project into the future a little bit? And, you know, we don't have to talk about long term. I mean, every the, the sand is just shifting beneath our feet constantly. So I don't know if we're talking about the next weeks, the next months, the next year. I don't What in your estimation is 2023 going to look like? <laughs> oh, the year before, the year before uh, they control the weather. Well, I'm an optimistic person, and I do believe that this, this whole grid is going to come down. It, it, it can't last uh, just because people are waking up in such great numbers, and we are so much the many and there are so much the few that this really is the great awakening. And this is our, our best defense that the revolution is consciousness. The more people that start to see all that is being perpetrated upon them, uh, they're going to go against it. They're going to stop banking with big institutions. For example, they'll stop shopping at the places that, support these globalist agendas. And I do believe there has to be a solution here, Richard. I don't think we're the free humans to be going down this path without some kind of optimal solution. Remember, Star Trek, the original series, is humans in 350 years in the future. Well, now it's only 300 years in our future. That could be us. That's timeline one. That is where we should be going with the human race to be a benevolent society that has the technology and advancements to 
explore the universe, just as during the age of discovery, people were sailing around the world to discover new lands. That is the trajectory we should be on. And I tend to think that this is just a speed bump right now, that we're just having this uh, momentary period where we have to defeat this globalist agenda and get on to becoming the empowered human race that we're meant to be. Um, when I watch Star Trek now, and you know, when, compared to when I watched it when I was 13 and, and uh, just thought, yes, that's the future that I want, now I look at it and I think, geez, that, it looks a lot like when I think of the starship or the, uh, the, the Federation of Planets. I think that looks a lot, a lot like New York City if it was run by the United Nations. It seems to me that, that that's a future that, that uh, has a great disdain for things like the nation state. Uh, I mean, in order to get there, I think we would have to give up a lot of, of freedoms. Maybe that, maybe Klaus Schwab and, and our own uh, Boy King uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, maybe they also uh, are imagining a future much like Star Trek. And they think in order for us to get there, we're all going to have to give up something. What do you think? That is their belief. And there, there is the uh, this whole system of belief that came from the British Empire that resources are very limited, that there is not enough to go around, that there's too many people, that we're going to have to uh, control the resources and, and, by extension, control the population numbers. I think that's their philosophy. But there's also another school of thought, and it's largely driven by the American model, that we can have economies within that support all the people, that bring everyone up. A high tide raises all ships. And by doing so, we're not living in a world of scarcity anymore. We're actually living in a world of abundance. And there is a place for everyone. And look, if, if these globalists think that the world's so overpopulated, rather than in, implementing these depopulation agendas, why don't we think about occupying other planets? Last I heard, Mars is pretty uh, Earth-like and can be terraformed and can possibly may, be made to uh, harbor life. I would be pretty confident that a certain amount of people would volunteer to go live off-planet. So there are solutions to the population growth that don't include having a wholesale culling of the people. We've been talking about, you know, this dystopian nightmare that we are just sort of, it appears, just sort of entering. Um, we're approaching the top of the hour. In the next hour, we'll get into this more and we'll talk about, because it's called esoteric. The, the series is esoteric, hidden knowledge. We need to talk yeah. about what is out there uh, that could deliver us from from this nightmare that is being kept from us, that is being hidden from us. And it, you know, when I see your governor, Newsom, uh, you know, violating his own restrictions at warp speed, keeping with the Star Trek uh, theme here, uh, <laughs> and, and here in Ontario, uh, cabinet ministers, members of provincial parliaments, all sunning themselves on beaches in the Caribbean during Christmas while they, they're perfectly timed 
uh, tweets, which were recorded probably weeks in advance, talking about how we all need to stay home and not visit our 95-year-old parents uh, during Christmas. Meanwhile, as I say, they're off in the Caribbean. They don't believe in the lockdowns. They don't believe... Uh, they, it just seems to me they have nothing but contempt and disdain for the rest of us. And I'm wondering, is at, at, at some level, uh, because they have some contempt, it's like it's almost as if they don't have a skin in this game because they're not even part of our civilization. In, Richard Dolan talks about a breakaway civilization. Is that what we're talking about when we get to this, the highest levels of these elites they have no skin in the game. They don't ha- what, really care what happens on planet Earth because they're not part of this civilization. It sure does seem that they don't have much concern for the fate of humanity and even the planet itself, that they're just so involved in controlling and absorbing all the resources and wealth on this planet and leaving us all behind. One of the chapters in Beyond Esoteric is called Alternative 1, 2, and 3, and these were concocted by the think tanks in the 1950s, the Rand Corporation and the Brookings Institution, uh, and following these modems of what are we going to do when we destroy this planet. Alternative 1 was, oh, we're going to blast holes into the upper atmosphere and let all the pollution escape. And then that created the ozone hole uh, in, around Antarctica. And you also have alternative two, which is creating these underground bases, which in the U.S. alone, there's over 130, which I document in Future Esoteric, as well as this chapter alternative two in um, Beyond Esoteric. And then finally... Alternative three is go off planet. And this was a TV show in Britain that aired uh, in the 1970s. And it was so realistic that people were calling in the, the station and asking about lost relatives and things because they thought uh, that the, there was really a brain drain when this show appeared on ITV in the U.K., much like uh, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, and it was in 1977 when it was broadcast, one time only. And it just created such an uproar that it was going to replay and, and play in other countries. And they pulled that show called Alternative 3, although you can find it on the Internet and watch it, which I did when I was working on this book. And it's just fascinating. They did it in such a way that it was very realistic that you thought that, oh, wow, this is a... A, a science program and they're showing us how these scientists are going missing in the UK and what they're really doing is going and living off planet in a breakaway civilization as Richard Dolan has coined the term uh, and I've met secret space program uh, people who have done the 20 and back and I know Richard Dolan myself and explain, explain that very- excuse me uh, uh, Brad explain what the 20 and back what is that Okay, so that is when, uh, so the secret space program before we had our uh, Space Force announced last year, they would basically have to, if they were going to be a part of this program, go for 20 years. So it's 20 years off planet doing different operations. Randy Kramer was out of base on Mars, 
and he was also in other parts of our solar system. I might even publish his book. We've talked extensively on this. I know several other secret space program members, Penny Bradley, James Rink, and uh, even Michael Jaco is starting to have some memories of, of the 20 and back. But when you come back, they swipe your memory. So it makes it very difficult to have a real clear recollection of what happened during that period. But over time and through hypnosis, many of these, well, they don't like to be called super soldiers anymore. They're more enhanced soldiers will start to come back with their memories like Randy Kramer, and he's able to write uh, books about it now. All right. So, Brad, we're, gonna, we're heading into the, uh, the top of the hour. Uh, you stay put, get yourself some water or a cup of tea, and settle in for uh, another hour. We'll open up the phone lines, take questions, comments for Brad Olson, Escaping Prison Planet, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. From Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Happy New Year, such as it is. Thank you for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft... That greasy spoon just off the interstate in your cabin in the woods. Brad Olson stays with us this hour as we delve into his latest book, Some Six Years in the Writing, Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet. Let me uh, crib some advanced praise for the book here, a little blurb. A global awakening to the treacherous lies that have kept mankind enslaved and ignorant for millennia is now well underway. The Quislings engaged in the cover-up of corruption, scandal, and subversion are shoveling sand against the tide. Thanks in no small measure to modern-day prophet Brad Olson, their time and that of our odious overlords are at an end. Congratulations, dear reader. By cracking open Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet, you have joined in this glorious restoration. Oh, look who wrote that. I did. <laughs> um, and I was happy to do so. Brad asked me to write a, a little blurb for the book, and uh, that is... Uh, uh, I guess on the back of the book. Is that where you put these blurbs, Brad? Page one. Ah, uh, page one. Well, how, how do you... Can you get the, you... Uh, the review copy I sent you? It hasn't uh, arrived yet. I'm anxiously awaiting it, but thank you. But I did... You, you were happy to send me... Uh, 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 I was happy to receive a PDF. I've, so I've read the, uh, the PDF, and I'm, and I'm uh, looking forward to having a, a copy of my own on the bookshelf. Uh, but it, um, I was happy to write that, and I mean that. I mean, uh, this is... Uh, this is important work you're doing, and you know people can sort of take from it what they will. Some of it they may, you know, quite frankly, uh, when we get into the UFO stuff, there's always a risk that, and I don't know if you feel this that you're, you you there's a risk, a slight risk or a big risk that you might lose part of the room. Maybe many people are on side with, okay, yes, what's happening now with these lockdowns? It's a it's an abuse of power. It's an overreaction. It's soft totalitarianism. And then when you get into the UFO stuff, do you do you find yourself maybe from time to time questioning, do I really want to go there? Talk to me a little bit about that. I don't really think you can avoid it. I think it has to be part of the larger discussion of our role in this universe. And that's called exopolitics. I love the 
quote from William Cooper. He was speaking in front of the UFO Congress. You can see the old grainy video still on YouTube back in 1989. And his famous quote is, you put the aliens in the middle of this stuff and you get all the answers. And as crazy as that may sound to some, to others who do study this and look into how ETs have manipulated and also benefited humanity over the course of many thousands of years, I do believe, and I document uh, contact even in primitive times through petroglyphs and pictographs, paintings of large-eyed creatures, paintings of dish-shaped crafts in the sky, and then uh, similar to, say, a water buffalo. They saw it, they drew it, because they saw it. And so many different modalities of evidence continue to come to the fore, as well as our some of our elected leaders, as Trump has uh, indicated, he may open up the UFO files. And look, this all started in the modern age around the time of Roswell. And I love that book by uh, Colonel Carso called The Day After Roswell, when it all changed, because the front page headline of Roswell is the Army Retrieves Craft, uh, UFO Craft. And and it went on the wire. It was reprinted in San Francisco and several other cities around the world. And then the very next day, the shutdown began. The truth embargo started. That's why I call the second section in Beyond Esoteric the embargo section, because it is what is being withheld from humanity. And our place, our knowledge of who we are in this planet and our interaction with extraterrestrials is absolutely a game changer. It will completely rewrite history. It will put us in a perspective of now we're uh, universal in our being, not just confined to this planet. So just uh, connect the dots for us in terms of how Roswell and the suppression of the UFO ET reality uh, uh, feeds into the the um, where we are today with lockdowns and f- possible forced vaccinations and and uh, the uh, the elimination of uh, religions uh, and and currency, paper money, and so forth. How does that all tie together? Well, earlier when I mentioned that there was a anti-human depopulation agenda, it may not just be these globalists who are initiating it. In fact, many times in these uh, discussions and interviews, I make the point of saying the the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, they're more like the captains and the colonels. The real generals in this are these malevolent ETs, uh, these Draco reptilian ETs. Richard, we've often been taught to look to the skies, keep your eye out for extraterrestrials coming from faraway planets where all the while we should be looking below our feet for inner terrestrials that have been here on Earth all along, deep in some of these bases and cave systems. And I know about uh, half a dozen legacy bases that are many thousands of years old 
the most famous in North America being Dulce, New Mexico, that when the first Calvary was coming across uh, exploring in Colorado and New Mexico, they found a cave opening into the Archuleta Mesa, and there were skeleton bones of Indians that had died in a past battle that looked like they just got uh, wiped out when they were trying to go in and confront this enemy in this cave. This is in uh, Anthony Sanchez's book, UFO Highway. He's a friend of mine, too, and we've had long discussions on this, that they've been here for quite a long time. And this is how they get around that whole notion of prime directive, that they're not allowed to interfere with a developing civilization's uh, advancement. But they've been here, you see, so they're one of us. They're part of this earth, so therefore they can do their agenda as well. And this anti-human part of the depopulation agenda, and this also includes chemtrails, may be part of them terraforming Earth to be more suitable for them. If they can get rid of a few billion humans on the way, well, then so be it, because they think we're too overpopulated anyways. But this is all exopolitics, and it goes both ways. It's, it's also benevolent ETs that are keeping an eye on us and will not allow thermonuclear war exchange to happen, but it's also malevolent ETs that would largely be responsible for the cattle mutilations and human abductions that have been occurring for decades, probably a lot longer. But what we can record here in North America, this whole phenomenon started in, uh, in the 50s and 60s. Barney and Betty Hill, and then they were abducted, and then you're getting your first cattle mutilations not too far from Dulce, New Mexico, in the San Luis Valley, where uh, these cattle, sometimes 1,500 pounds, would fall on a snow field and just show signs of being sliced up and operated on with very high-tech equipment, all the white blood cells being extracted, uh, all the soft tissues being bored out with laser-like incisions, so many things that just cannot be explained with just a satanic ritual and no footprints going up to the mutilated cattle. So these are the things that I think we have to confront. Even though it's dark, it's very disturbing to think about, but it is part of what's going on. You put the aliens in the middle of stuff and you start to get all the answers. All right, let's go to the phones and begin with Brian in Toronto. Brian, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. I just had two topics I wanted to touch on. Uh, one from the first hour. Yes. Um, I remember you guys were saying something about, um, is this ever going to end? Are we going to stop what's going on? I personally think, I'm not sure if you guys are religious, but I just think the Bible is fulfilling. Because there's a lot of what's going on now. They speak about it in, in the book of Revelations. <clears throat> what is your opinion on that? I, I certainly think we're living in prophetic times, uh, Brian. I would agree with you on that. Uh, and I take solace in the fact that, um, you know, we know how this, this ends. The good guys win. Uh, and I, I think Brad would agree, but maybe he comes at it from a different, maybe a slightly different perspective. Brad, do you want to, I don't know if you're, how you would quantify or qualify your spirituality. I know you're a spiritual person. I, I am, and I would agree the good guys do win in the end. And I just find it totally amazing that these 
announcements of our future could have been known so long ago and written about in the Bible and now coming to see so many things that have come true. For example, did you know that the uh, patent number for the uh, biochip is 060606? And they're also using a chemical called Lucifer Ace as part of uh, the the glowing process to be able to scan your chip and see if you've uh, been vaccinated or chipped. So it's, it's, it's almost surreal how these things are starting to come to pass. And so for your listener, I think a person of faith should be not being too worried, so to speak, that, that we're going to fall down this very perilous path and go to the point of no return. And I've come to believe that it's the Christians and the people of faith who are really going to save this planet because they're not going to stand up for this because they've been pre-warned that this is coming down the pike and they're the ones who are going to uh, be resistant to things like uh, biochips and perhaps some of these uh, vaccines as well. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Brian, thank you for the call. Uh, Our good friend Skip is checking in again from Connecticut. Skip, welcome. Yeah, hi, Brad. Let me bring up two things very quickly. One would be I don't know if I believe about these underground semi-communities. You know, it may be true. They did say that, for example, in Prohibition era that they had underground bars. Uh, I don't know if that's true. And then I hear something about JFK Jr. still being around. And my second thing would be the vaccines seem very ominous. I was listening to the latest uh, podcast from, uh, uh, you know, your guest uh, from two weeks ago, uh, Corbett, and he had a clip from the... uh, uh, former uh, global VP of global operations from Pfizer from December 1st, and they said that th- this vaccine uh, does apparently cause sterility in women, they think. That would be one thing. And they said that it elicits an over-response if you get the virus in the wild, where all the cats that were given this vaccine, tolerated initially, got the virus in the wild, and every single one of them died. So uh, I think this, and the second doctor said this will be the most disastrous thing in the history of mankind, this Pfizer vaccine. Mm. Yeah, I don't, thank you for the call, Skip. I, I don't know what to make of the, the vaccine. I'm just, I'm wary. I'm not an anti-vaxxer per se. But I, I think I mentioned this maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago or on my podcast, not sure. But, you know, when a new automobile comes out, like when, when I, rem- I remember when the Atlas, Volkswagen Atlas came out and, and my, my, my teenage boy saw it and they said, wow, that's really cool. I love the interior and I love the dashboard and it looks really nice. And, you know, can we get that? Because we're, we're looking for a second vehicle. Can, let's get that one. And I don't know a lot about cars, but this I know. You don't, you don't buy the first iteration of a brand new car. You wait a year, at least. You read the reviews and you, and you see, you know, how this thing operates over the long term. And it's the same thing with a vaccine. I'm not going to be first in line for something, uh, 
that we we know so little about in terms of long-term effects and we we have to engage in some risk assessment uh, you know if the if covid is you know for for people to under 60 who are otherwise healthy the, the survival rate is like 99. Point, I don't know 8% why would i take a, a a brand new vaccine that's 95% effective it doesn't make sense and then now they're telling us the World Health Organization is telling us, infectious disease experts are saying, even if you take the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask. Even if you take the vaccine, it may not protect you for X number, after X number of months. Even if you take the vaccine, this, that, and the other thing. What's the point of the vaccine? Yeah, you touch on that really well, Richard. And just to also answer Skip's first question about the underground base, let me just... Um, refer him to a couple places you can go on Google Earth and see the entrance to some of these bases. I include a image of Raven Rock Mountain Complex Site R in my book, and it's the underground Pentagon. So you can also look at uh, studies that were done uh, after World War II that we had to burrow underground, and the Nazis were fantastic at creating underground bunkers. And in fact, we got many of their engineers to come over here and build some of these complexes for us. Uh, the organization TOT was tasked with building underground bases for the Third Reich, and then they came over here and did it. I mentioned William Cooper. Well, he came out of naval intelligence, he came out with this great book called Behold a Pale Horse, and he has uh, many excerpts from these naval intelligence documents that he leaked. And I'll just quote here on underground bases. He said, a multi-million dollar secret fund was organized and kept by the military office of the White House. This fund was used to build over 75 foot deep underground facilities. Presidents who asked were told that the fund was used to build deep underground shelters for the president in case of war. Only a few were built for the president, but millions of dollars were funneled through this office to MJ-12 and then out to the contractors, which was then used to build top-secret alien bases as well as top-secret dumbs, which are deep underground military bases, end quote. And this is, a, this is information that's already decades old. And so you can imagine how much more advanced this underground system has become, and it is really a whole network uh, across North America, but even around the world. Uh, Skip, thank you for the call. Uh, now we hear reports that these underground bases that are they are connected by these uh, maglev underground trains that can that can go from the west coast to the east coast in a matter of minutes. Do you have any research, eyewitness testimony that 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 bears some light on that? Yes, indeed, and, and they're uh, maglev two, Mach two, so they can go twice the speed of sound. That's quite fast. And there are reports from uh, some people who were whistleblowers on the Dulce base, where the maglev train comes to one of the upper levels, and there's just one sign that says, two Los Alamos. In fact, New Mexico, the state of New Mexico, is the most populated with underground bases. It's already a high desert 
plateau state, but it's also uh, where many of our top secret laboratories like Los Alamos are built. And this is what they say where all the uh, free energy patents go to die when they're collected up through the patent office or collected in other nefarious ways. They bring them to Los Alamos, and that's where they sit, as well as including the yellow cube, which is the graphic on the cover of Beyond Esoteric. And this is one of the most high-tech devices that was given to our generals in the Griotta Treaty. And I do believe that this is totally null and void because the people of the Earth had not, no say in the matter, but it was an exchange of technology for allowing these malevolent ETs to do what they wanted to do, namely human abductions, cattle mutilations, and stay uh, unidentified and secretive and uh, being protected at some of these underground bases like, I'll say, New Mexico and the Archuleta Mesa. But some of them are starting to get taken out. Some of these deep underground military bases, I mentioned China Lakes earlier, and these are very characteristic earthquakes, Richard. And if you look at the uh, way that the earthquake hit on July 4th, 2019, it was just boom, all of a sudden, straight up, and then down with the aftershocks. Well, I was out here in 1989 for the Loma Prieta earthquake. And if you looked at the Richter CL for that, and this is what I felt, like, bum, 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 goes high and then breaks down. It's not that boom, slam to the wall. Well, who's targeting these underground bases? Well, there are white hats that are also known as the Oath Keepers. There is people within our government and also those who uh, have retired from the government this new patriot movement who are opposing this globalist system and this deep state. And this is a silent war with quiet weapons, and it's being waged right now. And it is even starting to go kinetic, meaning there are casualties and there are Americans killing Americans. It's getting to the point where uh, we're not getting the information we need, but if you follow certain channels and follow some of the white hat uh, information lines, you'll see that uh, there was a battle in Frankfurt, Germany about a month ago over the server farm there at the uh, U.S. consulate where CIA was in a gunfight with some of our special forces and there were casualties. Okay, Brad, I got to jump in here. We got to take a quick time out. We'll come back. I want to pick up on that. And also yellow cube. I'm glad you brought that up, as you say, on the cover of Beyond Esoteric. Back with more of my conversation with Brad Olson. Stay with us. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. All right, you mentioned Yellow Cube. Again, this is on the front cover of Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet. Um, So explain exactly what it is, where it came from. Well, it came from a group of ETs that met with our generals, Holloman Air Force Base, 1964, during one of these uh, exchanges of technology, this being one of the most curious 
forms of technology. We've heard of zero-point energy, and free energy device, uh, crafts that can fly without uh, propulsion in different ways, manipulating gravity. Well, this is part of the Looking Glass program. And it's very interesting that Q made a drop about Looking Glass about a year and a half ago and referenced uh, this ability to peer into the future. Now, the future is nothing but a series of probabilities. So it's never quite a crystal clear view of what could happen. But looking back, you can take a look at any situation or any historical event and see it with crystal clarity. So this was demonstrated to the generals, and they asked them, what would you like to see? Most people back in the early 1960s were very uh, God-fearing Christians, and they said, well, we would like to see the passion play of Christ. So what it does is it interfaces with the user. And in this case, they queued up this event. Jesus Christ was a real man. He was crucified quite hor- horrifically, and they watched the whole passion play of his final hours uh, on the yellow cube in a holographic simulation. It, most people who have seen the first Star Wars Remember when they were playing that holographic game of chess? It would be similar to that. You'd be watching it, you'd be hearing it, and you've been able to also use it interpersonally and be able to look back at your past lives. To anyone else, it would just seem, well, that's just a hologram playing. But to the person who is viewing it, you would know that that's real because you would feel it. You'd be getting goosebumps seeing it. So this thing could be very well be the game changer, uh, technologically speaking, whereas we will have no conspiracies that will ever be uh, disputed anymore. Richard, you may have to change the name of your show when <laughs> we get the yellow cube on our cell phone. I mean, talk about the next killer app. Uh, we were all able to have this. It's funny it's you just, should say that. I've been thinking about that for months now. It's time to <laughs> to change the show. It's just becoming incredibly mainstream, really, what we're talking about with every passing day. Uh, um, now, it's the Yellow Cube sounds an awful lot like something I've also heard about, read about, talked about. It's been many years, and that's the, uh, I believe it's called the Coronavirus. Yeah, this is the the supposed you know time machine type device that's buried beneath the Vatican or something. Uh, is is there a similarity? Is there a, a parallel there? There is indeed. So, looking glass is just sort of an umbrella term for many different time travel modalities. The chronovisor is what Andrew Basaggio used when he was in Project Pegasus. You have the yellow cube, as I described but also the Stargate technology. It was said that Saddam Hussein had uncovered one of these Stargates that was still usable, and it was in the Baghdad Museum. Well, the, what, the very first thing our troops did when they entered Baghdad was to secure that museum, and secure it they did. And uh, it was said that the reason was is they did not want Saddam to escape or destroy this Stargate. Others have been found around the world, too. This is a very ancient technology, as it turns out. I reproduce a picture of one that was found in Egypt in Beyond Esoteric. So this looking glass technology, while uh, has been used by our military to look into the future as 
wargaming uh, possible scenarios is very dangerous uh, tool to have. But it is believed that the White Hats now have it as well. So they're kind of gaming each other for what future scenario is going to take place. But my belief is if everybody should have access to it or nobody should have access to it, it's that powerful of new technology. And this is very esoteric technology to be talking about something that could peer into the future and also look back into our past with crystal clarity. So if this was given to uh, the uh, the elites, let's call them, uh, by yeah. the, uh, the uh, aliens, what happened to the prime directive there? I mean, why they have no business in giving that kind of disruptive technology to one group over another. I mean, again, there's a prime directive. They're not supposed to interfere. That's a a very good point, and actually I don't have an answer to that. I'm not sure how they got around that. Maybe other to say that uh, they felt if they were giving it to maybe just this group of generals that it was still kind of very deep classified type of program that um, it wouldn't be interfering uh, with the development of humanity. But that's just my best guess at that question. But that's a great question, Richard. Well, you and know, I if, would like to look into that more. Well, if Governor Newsom can, you know, uh, lie and do what he wants to do, ne- the, uh, the rules for the rest of us be damned, then, you know, why should we expect the aliens to behave any differently? Uh, yeah. Let's say hi to Bob in Thornhill. Bob, welcome. Hi, Richard. Hi, Brad. I'd like to wish you a Happy New Year and happy because you're getting the truth out there. Um, My question was, uh, Brad, they keep ramping up the fear factor with the false flags. With uh, Von Braun said that the the last card to be played would be the faked alien invasion. What are your thoughts on that? And what what do you think is happening with the base in Antarctica? Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Oh, good question, Bob. Well, and uh, as you know, Richard, just uh, two years ago, I was down in Antarctica. Yes. And uh, very fascinated with the the bases down there. And there are several that uh, remain under the ice, especially including the uh, New Schwabenland Base 211 or New Berlin Base. And if we have time, we can can talk about what that was all about. Um, But... For question number one, Von Braun uh, saying to his assistant, Carol Rosen, that the final card that would be played is a fake alien invasion. Once again, using holograms to simulate ships coming down and and, uh, attacking Earth and making it an emergency situation that we all have to come together. And in fact, Ronald Reagan spoke in front of the U.N., And I'll paraphrase his uh, quote by saying, what if there was this alien invasion? Wouldn't the people of the Earth all come together and unify to fight this foe? Well, I don't think they're going to come down here and blow up planet Earth. If they wanted to do that, they could have done it a long time ago. And now that we have backward engineered quite a bit of this technology, we can fight back. So it wouldn't be an opportune time as it would have been just, say, 50 years ago with uh, alien invasion, a war of the world scenario. So just a warning to everybody out there, 
if there is some kind of alien invasion, pretty good chance it's fake. Or if you start seeing uh, religious figures in the sky and they would use the religious figure to whatever cultural group it was. So, for example, in the Muslim countries, they would see Mohammed. In the Christian countries, we'd see Jesus. And the Asian countries, they would see Buddha, who would speak to the people. And with voice-to-skull technology, they can even project sounds and voices in our head where we think it's exactly real. And that's why we're saying now, ahead of time, if it happens, just beware. Even if you're hearing these voices and it looks very much real, it could still be fake. Speaking of voice to skull, thank you for the call, uh, Bob and Thornhill. Speaking of voice to skull, I'm getting, uh, I mean, I always get uh, a kind of a drip, drip, drip of emails, uh, letters from uh, targeted individuals, ple- people who believe sincerely that they are being targeted by some organizations, some individuals for electronic uh, torture, harassment, using microwave-type weapons and so forth. But there's an uptick in that, I've noticed, over the last year and a half. Uh, I'm just wondering if, if you're hearing more about this, if you're noticing any, any uh, ramping up uh, of this sort of, these sort of mind-control-type experiments. Oh, I sure am. And a lot of people in the truth or community are getting hit by uh, CI technology. And it's not just voice to skull, but it could also be uh, a form of directed energy weapons. I I know a really great radio show host that was yanked off the air because of what she was talking about and describing her experience driving along the road and just... uh, the control is literally being hijacked and she going flying off the road. And it's, it's really a miracle that she survived. This is, it seems to be ramping up. Indeed. I myself have been hacked many times, censored as well. Um, I do believe I'm a TI targeted individual for what I do, because I have a way of articulating some of these hidden subjects that uh, perhaps the elite doesn't want get out there. All right. Look, this is a great awakening, and we got to speak it. All right, Brad, hold on. We'll come back and uh, talk some more. The Conspiracy Show continues right after this. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. This is a short segment, uh, six minutes, uh, so I want to keep it tight. Um, I want to go to the YouTube live chat and take a question here. This one's from D. Silver, who asks, uh, Brad, will the economy collapse this year? What about food shortages? Will Trump win? So there's a threefer threefer for you. A threefer in three minutes. Uh, Yes, they're going to crash the economy. Seems almost inevitable. They got to bring it down to bring in the great reset. Yes, stock up, get food for at least several months, as well as camera batteries. And in America, we say Second Amendment supplies for those who have those kind of uh, tools. And just be prepared. Uh, Be ready to bug out and have a place to go if cities become increasingly dangerous or unlivable or supply lines start to break down 
And what was part three? Uh, I guess, well, what's going to happen uh, as we as we edge ever closer to January 20th, Inauguration Day, and some some are still holding out hope that the, the Trump administration is going to pull this out of the fire. Yes, they will. And there was a great speech given by uh, President Trump, just an eight-minute speech two days ago, outlining all the voter fraud that took place. And we're going to see right before our eyes on Wednesday, this is a very historic day in America and around the world, that we're either going to have a country that embraces voting and fairness in election, or we're going to have corruption on a scale never before seen and bring in a new administration that did not deserve to win. So it's going to be a very tumultuous time. Uh, I know people that I'm working with and friends, we're all watching this nervously and hoping for a, a positive outcome. And I do believe that, uh, that there was huge amounts of voter fraud, and this will be revealed, and Trump will be sworn in for a second term. Uh, let's say hi to Rudy in Toronto. Rudy, welcome. Hello, Richard. Hi there. Um, we, I'm um, quite uh, interested on your show, and my wife and I uh, follow it quite uh, regularly. I appreciate that, Rudy. Thank you, and uh, please send my regards to your uh, your lovely bride. Yes, thank you. And uh, the question I have is for um, for Mr. Olsen is two questions, basically. One, about this vaccination. I've seen a video from Dublin in Ireland stating that they've never isolated the virus. And yet, how can we have a vaccine for a virus that we don't know? And I believe this may be some sort of a scheme to in, in, you know, put fear into people so they get vaccinated and, and they take into this depopulation um, schemes for uh, trying to, for this globalization uh, idea. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm as perplexed as you about this whole thing, Rudy. I've I've read conflicting reports. Some say yes, we have. I, a number of people, a number of groups here in Toronto claim that they have uh, isolated the virus. Let's say that they have. Let's assume for a moment that they have. Um, you know, does that change anything? I mean, do we still do we still want to embrace? Uh, vaccinations in this regard with, I mean, at warp speed, this thing was developed. And now we're being told, well, you'll still have to wear a mask. And now we're also being told that we may need to have vaccines for all these various mutations. And this thing is going to mutate. It already has. That's what coronaviruses do. They mutate. That's why we have 200 cold viruses, because that's what they do. Um, Brad, uh, jump in there if you'd like. Yeah, well, how come we don't have a vaccine for influenza, the common cold, the flu? They're all related. How come all of a sudden we got to rush this one out? And Oh, by the way, if you get vaccine injured, you cannot sue the vaccine manufacturer. You're just SOL on that, buddy. So we have a lot of reasons to be very uh, skeptical about what this is. And there are other researchers like David uh, Ike who say they haven't isolated COVID and it is completely fake. I, I'm along the lines with you, Richard. I do think it's real and I know people who have gotten it. But look, with a 99 plus percent survival rate, this is not the 
pandemic that they make it out to be. There is no real justification to be shutting down world economies, destroying people's lives and businesses over something that uh, is a little bit more than a bad cold. You know, in the province of New Brunswick, uh, I'm not sure what the population is of New Brunswick. Uh, might be, what, a couple million, maybe, maybe less. But uh, one, they had, at one point, they had one person, and this is a province in lockdown, complete lockdown. They had one person in hospital with COVID in the entire province. One. Uh, in Alberta, um, um, they did. They crunched some numbers, and they basically, if you're under sixty and you have no other comorbidities, your chance of of uh, dying from COVID is one in three hundred thousand. One in three hundred thousand, and for that, they are uh, cratering the economy and ruining count, countless lives. Um, we uh, again coming up on a break here. This was a short segment, as I forewarned. We'll come back and finish up with Brad Olson. We'll take some more calls. Also, take some more questions from the YouTube live chat. And I also want to find out from Brad uh, about some more of this uh, this hidden uh, technology that they have and we need. And uh, also, of course, how do we fight back? Back with more of the Conspiracy Show. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. I just want to throw this out there for what it's worth and and some people will believe it, some won't. And I don't know, not an immunologist, not a virologist, not an infectious disease expert, just uh, someone who runs his mouth on the radio and reads a fair bit. But uh, uh, the idea that the the virus has not been uh, isolated, uh, well, it, it has, a, according to uh, fullfact.org, again, for what it's worth, and, and it has, I read the report about Sunnybrook Hospital, a team there here in Toronto having isolated it. Apparently, it's been isolated many, many times. Uh, which means, what does that mean, isolating a virus? It means taking a pure sample of the virus from an infected person so it can be studied. And there are numerous reports of the virus being isolated by teams around the world. It's been sampled, SARS-CoV-2 has been sampled millions of times uh, from infected people, including those originally found to be infected in China. According to uh, Dr. Stephen Griffin, a virologist and associate professor at Leeds Institute of Medical Research. Uh, and then it's... Some people are saying that that the virus that causes COVID-19 would need to meet something called, um, I'm not sure how you pronounce this, it's a postulate, a Koch's postulate, primarily because uh, Koch's postulates weren't written for viruses. Koch's postulates were a set of rules outlined by scientist Robert Koch in 1890 to decide whether a bacteria causes a disease. The original four criteria are the microorganism, the microorganism must be found in the diseased animal and not found in a healthy animal. The microorganism must be extracted and isolated from the diseased animal and subsequently grown in culture. The microorganism must cause disease when introduced to a healthy experimental animal. The microorganism must be extracted from the diseased experimental animal and demonstrated to be the same microorganism that was originally isolated from the first diseased animal. Okay, so those are the four postulates by Dr. Koch from the 1890s. Uh, as noted many times, these criteria were written before the discovery of viruses, so fail to include them in their consideration of what a disease is. All right, so there you go. For what it's worth, 
Uh, believe it, don't believe it. To me, again, the virus has been isolated. Fine. I believe the virus is real. It's killing people. It's serious. We need to mitigate risk where possible. We need to protect the vulnerable and let the rest of us get on with our lives. Uh, okay, back to uh, Brad Olson. And uh, Brad, I want to take another quick question from the YouTube chat. Uh, Wilfred asks, um, where are the bases? What are the bases like in Antarctica? Uh, so you want to tell us a little bit about uh, New Schwaben's land and these supposed uh, Nazi bases where um, they, uh, well, tell us what you what you know, what you found. Sure. Well, where I traveled to was the uh, northern tip of the Palmer Peninsula. I did not go to any underground bases. I did visit six research stations uh, around that area and talked to several people that worked on the bases trying to collect information on this. But I love history, and I do profile several aspects of the New Schwabenland expedition in the late 1930s when the Third Reich went down there and claimed quite a large section of Antarctica just directly below South Africa, what's now, if you look on a globe, called Queen Maudland. And I do know where their base was. It's near the Schumacher Ponds, and all the mountain ranges around there have German names. Base 211. Admiral Dolenz uh, bragged that they had created an impregnable fortress for our Fuhrer in an endless array of ice. And they were able to get their U-boats deep underground or deep under the ice. In my presentation, The Hidden Anomalies of Antarctica, I show Antarctica without the ice. And indeed, there are long channels that extend well into the continent that a very fearless crew of submariners could have gotten deep in there. So some of these bases are also part of just the features, the natural features of the continent. Antarctica is the most geothermically active continent in the world, the most volcanoes, in fact, over 91 that are known. So it would create these large domes under the ice, and it would prevent people from being frostbitten and exposed to the elements. It would also create a heat source as well as uh, fresh water that could be extracted. So it's quite conceivable that uh, perhaps with some hydroponic technology, growing your own food, you could exist down there for extended periods of time. And that is what is believed is some of these um, inner corporate uh, in even ET bases that have existed there for quite a long time. Look, if you wanted to hide somewhere on the planet under the ice of Antarctica and the deep depths of the ocean would be the best place to go. And in fact, those are the last great unexplored areas of our planet. So a lot of mysteries with Antarctica and a lot of data that there are great underground bases there. Right. That's, an, uh, you know, we need an entirely uh, other show show to get into that. And I think we have talked about that on, if not on this show, certainly on my podcast and on Coast to Coast um, shortly after your your recent trip there two years ago. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we I'd love to talk about, we don't have time, and that is all of these tremors, something like 30,000 tremors in the Antarctic since the uh, the end of August. And 
not a lot of uh, earthquake activity, seismic activity in the Antarctic, from what I understand. But there, it has occurred in the past. But now 30,000 tremors since uh, the end of August. However, uh, that's for another show. Uh, we just have a few minutes here, and we've got to tie an, a, a ribbon on this and leave people with some good news. How do we fight back? Well, we fight back by being aware. The revolution is consciousness. It's us waking up. It's the great awakening, not the great reset, which is great for them, but not so great for us. So it's just nonviolent resistance. This is what the great peacemakers have always said. We're not going to be able to win this war fighting them uh, with guns because they're way better armed and way better prepared. What we do, we have the numbers, and we just start educating and informing ourselves and then if it feels right, talking to our family members and our friends and just doing what Gandhi did to free India from the British Raj and Martin Luther King to free the black people. Look, we got holidays to celebrate these people because they did make great changes. And that's what we have to do. We have to resist this globalist agenda trying to lock us all down. For extended periods of time, who knows when this thing's going to end? They'll just come out with another mutation and say, "Oh, well, we got to do it again." But we're not going to let it stand. And people that just start doing nonviolent resistance will start to uh, help other people wake up, and hopefully, we can turn this around sooner than later. What about this idea that you know we're entering into this fifth-dimensional reality, and that this is going to cause some mass consciousness? uh, evolution uh, and that we are, you know, I mean, it's one thing for for me to talk about it on the radio, maybe reach a few people, you to reach a few people, they tell a few friends. I mean, that could take forever. But the idea that that there's going to be this simultaneous mass consciousness raising uh, cosmic event as we enter into some fifth dimensional reality. We've got a couple minutes. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Well, yeah, and that's ultimately where we're going. Everything evolves, everything from animals to the planet to humans ourselves. We are on a trajectory to get better and smarter. And our trajectory is to become multidimensional beings. I talked earlier about extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, and the third are ultra-dimensionals, those that can transcend in and out of dimension and our time and space and our physical reality. And it's not like if we go into a fifth dimension, we're just going to like disappear and not be there. But what it means is we're going to start adapting and start having some of these superhuman abilities and perhaps our pineal gland becoming uncalcified and helping us to become really superhuman beings. And that's what I believe the fifth dimensional change is going to be all about. So is that going to happen just regardless? We just have to sit around and wait for it, or do we have to prepare somehow for that? Well, many, much of it is, is the, the changing cycle. The new yuga cycle is now upon us, the age of Aquarius. Uh, we're entering a period where we're in the center of uh, the light of the center of the Milky Way galaxy is now coming right at us. So we're at this awakening period itself. Is it going to happen in our lifetimes? I think so. I hope so. I want it to. I want to help bring it about. Maybe it will take other generations. But uh, all we can do is be the best people we can be and, and as awakened as we can be 
and help foster it in on an individual basis. Uh, Brad, how do we get a copy of um, Beyond Esoteric Escaping Prison Planet? Well, it is just launched, so you can go to Amazon.ca, or even better, go to your local bookstore and request that they order it for you. Support local businesses. Uh, you can find me, BradOlson.com, if you want to know more about what I do. My life, uh, CCC Publishing, although we're having uh, uh, running out of supplies. This book's doing real well. We're going to have to go back to the printer already in one month. First time this has ever happened. It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem. But, uh, so I'm a little short uh, ordering through my website, through CCC Publishing, but uh, we're going to get some more books and get them out there. And um, you can also check out my YouTube channel, CCC Publishing and Esoteric Series, where I do a lot of my audiobooks are available uh, for viewing for free. So you can watch the audiobook version of modern esoteric and future esoteric are on there now. Fantastic. Brad, you're doing great work, and uh, thank you so much for hanging out these last two hours. Oh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, Richard. Thank you for having me on, and uh, once again, I always look forward to our next discussion, because we always get into some really great stuff. Yeah, well, we have to keep talking about it while we still can. (laughs) All right, my friend, be safe, enjoy the skiing. All right, thanks so much. Okay. I always love the apres ski. That's my uh, area of expertise, the apres ski. All right, my thanks to uh, Carlos Kajina and Ryan White back next week with, what are we doing next week? Oh, Matt Landman will be here to talk about uh, geoengineering just in time. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.